Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and what a huge back end of the week we had this week with of course the final few days of a sitting fortnight seeing announcements and scandals come to the fore. Nicole Flint, the member for Boothby, South Australia's most marginal federal seat, has announced she will not be recontesting at the next election. She will not be resigning, however, thus allowing Morrison to avoid a much-feared by-election. Of course, with Craig Kelly moving to the crossbench, if Ms Flint were to step down and cause a by-election, there is a very good chance that Scott Morrison would lose control of the House of Representatives and essentially either force a hung parliament or a very early election. Now, uh, the member for Boothby has avoided this. Uh, Scott Morrison has come out strongly in support of her, accused her opponents of bullying and other forms of harassment. A really quite outrageous series of statements from the Prime Minister at the end of the week, given that Around the same time, revelations have come to light that a member of his own cabinet has been accused of raping a woman in 1988. Now, of course, that is some time ago, and the person who was uh, alleged to have been involved was not in the cabinet at the time. However, we, we heard the revelations this morning from uh, Anthony Albanese, leader of the Labor opposition, that rumours have been floating around Canberra and Parliament House for some time about this case. So for Scott Morrison to come out and accuse anyone else of sort of bullying and misconduct seems quite just just phenomenal. I'm left almost speechless, folks, almost speechless. Of course, Nicole Flint uh, fought two very hard campaigns and was successful in both of them. Uh, both times she was fairly unhappy with the conduct of the people opposing her. Uh, it's hard to see what their con- the, the negative nature of their conduct other than trying to convince people to vote for someone else. However, Nicole Flint won't be standing again. We wish her all the very best with her future endeavours. And of course, we hope the seat of Boothby swings back to the Labor Party, certainly away from the Conservatives, wherever it may go. Now, focusing on these allegations of rape against a Morrison government minister, these allegations came to light on Friday. It is now, as we speak, Sunday. Uh, We haven't really heard anything from the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, about this issue, and yet it's all the commentary it can really talk about. Uh, it's quite remarkable that there's an allegation of, of rape against a sitting minister. There's been nothing from the Prime Minister. In fact, we haven't heard anything from him today at all. Uh, I appreciate that it's Sunday and it is a day of rest. However, I'm here on the podcast. Many of you will have gone to work today as well. Uh, one would think that with the government in such crisis over the last two weeks, the Prime Minister would be trying to front up and get the ship steady, get the train back on the tracks. However you want to put it, he would be trying to get things going again. However, the last two weeks have been an absolute disaster for the Morrison government, starting, of course, with all of the awful allegations against Liberal Party staffers and the allegations effectively of a cover-up by members of the Morrison ministry. It looks as though up to three ministers may have been involved in some form of cover-up, whether for an extended period of time or simply for a few days, and of course his own office. Now, this is not the first time I've talked about this. We've talked about this on the week on Wednesday, but this saga, this a horrible period of time uh, in our nation's history now continues uh, day after day, week after week, with Scott Morrison seemingly totally unable to get control of his own government and really unable to police the behaviour of the people in his party 
who now stand accused of multiple rapes, multiple sexual assaults, uh, and series of uh, behaviours which the police have condemned, the Australian Federal Police essentially condemned as uh, putting people at risk and uh, putting reoffending on the table. Now, Scott Morrison really can't be affording to take a day off today or any day at the moment. Uh, the, the government is essentially in shambles. It's also uh, completely missed its targets for vaccination. Another 300 uh, vaccines arrived today in Sydney. You can hear a plane overhead. It's been a while since we've heard them. Uh, it's almost good to hear them again. Hopefully that's more vaccine arriving. But even if it were, Scott Morrison has failed to meet his own rollout targets. Uh, we've obviously had bungles in the private sector in both Queensland and Victoria, where the federal government's outsourcing and privatisation model has seemingly put people at even more risk. Uh, just as it did during the height of the pandemic, of course, in aged care, where people died uh, and were very, very sick uh, in privatised uh, privatised facilities. So where is Scott Morrison? We don't know. Uh, what's his view of this uh, minister who's alleged to have raped a woman? We don't know. What's the plan to really ramp up the rollout of the vaccine? We don't really know. Greg Hunt has come out and said there'll be more rolled out from the 8th. That's over a week away, mind you, over a week away uh, before we can expect more rollout. Uh, essentially, Scott Morrison seems like he's in hiding uh, until he's got some good news to announce. Now, of course, good news from his perspective, bad news from the perspective of every working person in this country, over 11 million of us, uh, was that the IR omnibus bill passed through the lower house. Now, my sources tell me that this was an expected outcome. Of course, the Morrison government does still have the numbers in the lower house. But it was interesting that a number of crossbench uh, MPs, in fact, all of them except Zali Stegall, uh, who is, of course, actually quite a conservative MP from Sydney, uh, voted against the IR omnibus bill. Now it goes off to the Senate, where a number of senators have expressed concerns about various elements. This is an important important vote and an important bill folks so if you are in queensland i'd urge you to get in contact with your one nation senators malcolm roberts and pauline hansen and let them know your view of a bill that will undermine a job security and see wages cut in this country uh, that's what experts are saying that's what unions are saying that's what lawyers and academics are saying uh, and also get in contact with Sterling Griff and Rex, Rex Patrick if you're in South Australia. Uh, let them know your view as well. Uh, and if you're in Tasmania, of course, Jackie Lambie is your crossbench senator that you need to talk to uh, and who I have to say has so far been probably the most staunch crossbench senator against this. Labor and the Greens, of course, are opposed to the IR omnibus bill. Uh, and frankly, given the scandal uh, and, and the total dysfunction engulfing the Morrison government, it seems hard to believe that there's any reason for the crossbench to support this bill that will undermine wages and cut job security for millions of Australians uh, for a government that really wants it on ideological basis uh, and yet has no capacity to control itself. Uh, this week as well, we've seen the most remarkable uh, concession really from Zach Kirkup, who is the Liberal leader over in WA. Uh, you've heard me talk before about the WA election uh, and of course Mark McGowan is on track there for a thumping 
victory, uh, which will be great news for the people of Western Australia and probably the nation as a whole uh, to see another good, competent Labor government re-elected there in WA. But the Liberal leader, Kirkup, uh, who himself is in an incredibly marginal seat, it must be said, uh, has come out in the, the press over there in WA and made the point that he probably can't win. Um, it's still some weeks before the election results would probably be confirmed, and yet uh, Kirkup seems to be conceding well before election day itself. So, look, there's no reason to be complacent, though, if you're there in WA. Uh, of course, the underdog strategy is one that people have tried before. My sources tell me that, uh, really, the underdog strategy is not the great success that some people like to think of it, because, of course, nobody wants to get on a sinking ship. Uh, so, and that's probably why Kirkup lost so many sitting members retiring at this election, because, in fact, the WA Liberal Party is... Uh, and has been for some time a sinking ship. So we wish Mark McGowan and the WA Labor team all the very best over there in their election. Uh, of course, the Golden Globes is, are on this week as well, uh, and we wish all the Australians across all the different categories all the very best of luck. Uh, the Golden Globes is always controversial, uh, partly, I think, because of the way the awards are selected. Uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press, which is a fairly secretive body, uh, not entirely transparent how they make their decisions, and, of course, this year, again, is no exception, with some controversy over some of the picks uh, particularly in the television category, it seems, uh, where there has been some uh, revelations of members of the Hollywood Foreign Press jury uh, having attended various overseas jaunts, uh, promotional travel, if you like, uh, and quite comfortable uh, hotel stays uh, put on by producers of particular shows, uh, and then those shows, of course, getting nominations. However, the awards themselves are always a spectacular event, and if you're watching those, enjoy them. That wraps up the weekend wrap for this week. Again, I'd just like to point out that we still don't know where Morrison is. We still don't know Morrison's view on these allegations of rape against a member of his cabinet. Uh, this is a government in total chaos, in total crisis. All of its announcements this week fell like lead balloons. It cut job seeker payments and tried to spin it as an increase. It's passed through the lower house a bill that frankly has very little chance of getting through the upper house given all the circumstances and given it will essentially cut pay and cut job security at the same time as the government has expressed no interest in trying to recoup money from JobKeeper that has been used to pay both dividends and executive bonuses. And again, I look at Harvey Norman and Jerry Harvey here is a classic example. If you haven't seen his quotes on this, folks, I urge you to look it up. But enjoy the rest of your week, and remember, be kind to yourself and each other. Bye.